We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Las Vegas Summer League is back. <laughs> and Chet Holmgren with the round oh. the two-handed flush. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the Uncontested Post-Game Podcast. Post-Game uh, Summer League Podcast. And a very cool... Whoop, gotta make sure I pause it now. Las Vegas. Very cool intro made there by our, by our guy, J.D. Silva. Um, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of Daily Thunder. Uh, be sure to tune in to Daily Thunder. Our guys out in Vegas, Nick, Jacob, J.D., they've been doing some awesome work and put together some really cool um, summer league notebooks that they've been doing. They'll have a new one up, I believe, tomorrow after the Thunder played again tonight. So really good work that they've been doing. But as you can tell, we are not from Vegas. <laughs> We are back in Oklahoma, one of us in Tulsa, one of us in Oklahoma City. I'm the one in OKC. I'm your host for tonight, Taylor underscore P15 on Twitter, Taylor Peterson. And I'm joined by none other than the guy I've probably been talking uh, basketball the second most with behind uh, my dad because he's younger than me. And that's the only reason why. Hayden, Hayden Peterson, what's going on? Yo. Appreciate you uh, jumping on with me. Thunder League guys are... uh, they're, they're enjoying their last night at, at Summer League. They're trying to catch the end of this last game, and they still have to go go back to the hotel, eat, pack, uh, all that fun stuff uh, before they, they fly out again tomorrow. But just want to give a quick shout-out to Nick, JD, and Jacob, excuse me, who I feel have just done incredible, incredible work. Uh, today they were live in the, the Blue Wire Podcast studio at the Wynn, Las Vegas, with Derek Murray, NBA scout, who we've had on here uh, earlier before the, the draft happened. And uh, then they were live at, at, in the studio as well, like a couple of days back. They've been doing some post-game podcasts. They're, uh, like I said, the, the Daily Thunder Notebooks. They've been crushing it out there. So shout out to those guys. Um, excited for them to make it back safely. And then we'll be we'll be doing this again. We'll we'll be podcasting throughout the offseason, going live. But in the meantime, Hayden and I are holding down the, the fort. Really uh, thankful that Hayden's joining me so I don't have to go solo again. Subbing in. Subbing in. That's right. And he's got a nice uh, nice podcasting microphone that he, he, I guess, like, not, what's the stole. word I'm looking for? Yeah, not stole. I wasn't looking for that. Uh, not bargained. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he snatched. <laughs> From his uh, girlfriend's little brother who told him he didn't want it anymore. And it's a very nice, nice uh, podcasting microphone. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. Appreciate all of you tuning in here so late. Be sure to drop all of your questions and chat in the comments. And Hayden and I will get to those. But we have something else to get to. Hayden, the Thunder end up beating the Orlando Magic 84-81 to in Game 2 of Summer League. End up being much more exciting, I think, than I anticipated. Um, surprisingly, both of Chet and Giddy played again. But I guess I'm sorry. Before we get to that, let's t- touch on the magic. No Paulo, which was not super surprising, but was disappointing because I think there were a lot of scouts, a lot of NBA personnel who were there at Summer League that kind of expected him to play Apollo one more game um, to, to see him go head to head with Chet. And number one, number two picks. <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Not only did they set uh, Palo, but they they also set R.J. Hampton. Um, I mean, again, a, a solid NBA player, still a ton of upside. 
that one surprised me a little bit. What were your thoughts quickly, Hayden? Uh, and, and we'll get into some Thunder stuff on Paulo and RJ sitting for the Magic. Uh, I'm not too surprised. I wish they would have played just because it was the one versus two matchup. But I wasn't too shocked when I saw the news. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. And uh, there kind of been some word that, that uh, Paulo specifically may sit. But the RJ Hampton one really surprised me. That is, yeah, I agree. What's the downside of him playing? There's only upside there. But to that point, a a team that obviously prioritizes this playing time, uh, both of Chet and Giddy played again tonight, each playing around 26 minutes apiece. Uh, Giddy was interviewed by Cassie Hubbard pregame on ESPN, and he reiterated wanting to play regardless of the situation. Uh, You know, I think he said, rather it's summer league, regular season, I want to be out there playing with the guys. He also mentioned building chemistry with the new young guys. And then post game, he kind of doubled down on that, but made a joke. He was like, well, technically, I guess I'm still the young guy. But (laughs) because again, he's younger than Chet. uh, He's younger than J-Dub. He's still one of the youngest guys out there. Yet he looks like one of the older guys out there. And we'll get into that for sure. But Hayden, your your thoughts on Giddy continuing to play and somehow being able to convince Presti to let him play. Um, Maybe there's not as much of that as, as we're making it seem. Maybe Giddy, or sorry, maybe Presti's all about it. I'm just kind of curious, quickly, your thoughts on on Chet and Giddy. Uh, I think Still playing. I mean, Giddy obviously wants to play. He said it in his interview, but I think Presti. I mean, he has said it in the past. He just wants these young young guys to get reps as many as many uh, games as they can play. I think he'll be all for. Obviously, you risk the injury part, but you can't develop players being scared scared they get injured. In my opinion, yeah. so. No, and I agree. I think uh, not to like get off on a tangent so early before we even jump into the game breakdown, but I think there's something to like the position that OKC is currently in. And I hate using this term. You know, it's like, uh, you know, both terms, honestly, it's all gravy and uh, get your cake and eat it too. I hate both of those terms, but I think they really are are both both of those analogies, but I think they both um, are applicable here because essentially the Thunder in a really great spot where they can play these guys and let them quote unquote declare themselves like Presley has mentioned, uh, Dignall has mentioned uh, after last season and even, uh, you know, into this preseason or, you know, if, if it doesn't work out or if Giddy does get hurt, like you're in the competition for Wimbenyama or the Thompson twins or the Nick Smith kid of, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So right. I, I don't say that to mean like that, that makes up for Giddy being hurt. Obviously I, was very anxious watching him play tonight because I want to see him healthy the entire next season. But all I'm saying is there is a little bit of a silver lining to that. Why you may see a team like OKC be more comfortable with that compared to like maybe the magic, for example, not playing Paulo. Um, but anyways, moving on, finally kind of getting into this game. Uh, one, or I guess a couple final notes, no Jang for OKC. Not entirely sure why Hayden. I don't think that was ever announced uh, post game. It was just announced pre game that he wouldn't be playing. And look, if it was to get like looks at other players, like Gabe Brown, for example, he got more playing time, or he got some actual playing time in that that first half, some in the second half that he didn't get prior to tonight. Um, but if they were just going to prioritize other players over Jang, like Gabe Brown, for example, I don't think they would have announced that he was out. I think they would have just called it a, you know, it just would have been a DMP. It did not play on the, the stat sheet. Um, so probably just some like soreness of some sort, maybe some back soreness yeah, and hip soreness. I think summer league is literally built for a player like Jang. So I don't think they would set him out if they just wanted to get looks at other players. Yeah, no, and yeah, that's a really good point too. So hopefully everything's okay with Jang, yeah, just a little soreness, and he'll be out there playing. Is yeah, two more summer league games where we'll uh, hope hypothetically probably not see much Giddy, not see much Shet. Hopefully we we'll see more uh, of Jang. Yeah, again, I would love to see those guys, but from a health standpoint, uh, the amount of minutes they have already played, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jang. Uh, play a lot of minutes and maybe that's what it was just preparing him for like a heavy minute load coming up in these last two summer league games. So then just kind of the last pregame note I have here, Hayden, uh, I'm sure you follow along on thunder Twitter. SGA showed up for the game. He hadn't been there. Look, yeah, like maybe I was a little interested in why he wasn't, but we all assumed that it was because he was playing with team Canada, you know, uh, the thunder signed uh, his, his very good friend, somebody in his inner circle who has been for a long time, Kevin Kongu, who, um, 
has been working his way up trying he was like playing one-on-one with Shaden Sharp and all the pre-draft process um, they're they're trying to kind of hype him up and so the, the Thunder signed him to the roster uh, I'm sure he probably just showed up <laughs> tonight when SGA did um, all of that to say SGA was finally there uh, sending court well first of all our guys I think it was Jacob and Silva got a really great pick of him they were sitting kind of at the the half court um, up a couple rows and got a really good picture of him and and Shay dapping up hugging each other, which is really cool. Both both them with big smiles on their faces, uh, which was great to see. And then obviously a lot of pictures of Shea, Lou, Poku, Dort, Teo, all courtside. We had a Kendrick Williams come in a little late. Uh, and so he kind of sat like actually in the stands and eventually made his That's way cool. courtside. But Hayden, I found this interesting. Again, I know we're talking a lot about a lot of things. Uh, That's not the actual game itself, but Muscala was actually (laughs) with the coaches, like on the the second row behind the bench. Well, on the ESPN showed a player on the bench, and you couldn't see his face, but he had his like name tag on his badge, and it said Mike Muscala. I was cracking up. Shout out Thunder Chats. He caught it and posted it on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, I cracking up, but I also like I love that. I think that kind of shows. A, the Thunder investing in players long-term, right? B, Muscala's mutual interest there. And C, after this one-year contract runs runs out, like, are we sure Muscala signs somewhere else or with another team or signs another one-year contract with the Thunder? Like, there is a world, especially after seeing what we saw tonight, that they're training Muscala to be on the the coaching staff or in the front office and, you know, like Nick Carlson, et cetera, et cetera. I found that very interesting and I thought that was really cool. Anyways, Finally getting into this game. Thunder dominated the game early. Lots of beautiful, beautiful ball movement. I mean, I'm talking like all the different NBA people that I'm following from all different teams and national NBA people are talking about it or tweeting about it. Uh, They're pushing the ball in transition, which I have been harping on for those of you longtime listeners. I've been harping uh, harping on this for two years now. The Thunder are best when they push the ball in transition. Uh, And they've been doing that all summer league. We'll get into that. and then great rotations on defense, but they kind of got away from that as the game went along, especially in the second half. Still put out the W, or pulled out the W after a wild finish where <laughs> the Magic, was it three or four chances, Hayden? Where they had three chances to hit a three. I think and, it was uh, three. It felt like five. but, but it, That's the thing. It felt like five. I mean, that was absolutely absurd. The refs, uh, let's just say they also were in summer league. <laughs> God, especially yeah. there towards the end of the game. Uh, a lot of tired legs all around, including the refereeing, but the Thunder pulled out. And there was a lot of fun things to break down here, Hayden. Obviously, I think we're just going to go ahead and dive into some of our overall players. I'm going to kind of mention what they did tonight. Then I want your thoughts on how they played tonight. And then after that, your overall thoughts about them, uh, Summer League as a whole, because you know the, the guys from Summer League, I mentioned the Jacobs and Nick, you know, they re- when they reached out to me about this post game, they, they were like, you know, the, the guys uh, or the listeners have been hearing our thoughts. You know, we uh, tell us your thoughts about these guys in summer league. So right. Hayden, I'm going to have you kick us off here. Chet, probably his second best game of summer league, 16 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two blocks. He had f- like, I think four fouls, but let's be completely honest. At least two maybe three of those were additional blocks that he should have had so we're talking like four or five blocks in a regular season yeah. seven to ten from the floor two or four from three he was a team high plus 15 which you know plus minus especially in summer league um not the the greatest stat there however i think it's very indicative of the the game that chet had tonight so i'm just kind of curious your thoughts on chet's summer league uh well chet's performance tonight and his summer league as a whole Tonight, I think you could argue it's his best game. The first game, he obviously came out in um, Salt Lake City and went off and was more, I think he's more flashy in that game. So a lot of people say that's his best game, but the efficiency and how he played tonight, I think you could argue that because he looked really, really good on offense and defense. But overall, I haven't been really surprised with Chet, I guess. He's been efficient, which no one's really surprised by. Um, and he's smart. He has a great basketball IQ, which why he's so good on defense, can block shots. He times plays so well. But, again, that's something we all watched him do at Gonzaga. And then I guess on the flip side of that, he's getting pushed around a little bit, which is – I mean, I don't think anybody didn't expect him to not get pushed around. So, all in all, I'm not surprised really with anything that Chet's done on the court. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um, but I will say there have been some surprises for me, particularly how he's able to create on ball. Uh, this is actually something, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier in the season when we were talking about potential prospects for OKC. And I mentioned Chet's ability to be able to push the ball in transition and handle, handle the ball way more than he showed in Gonzaga. Oh, yeah. um, that is one area I will toot my horn because yeah. I feel like I've been all over that. And we've seen so much of that this summer league. Um, and, yeah. and I kind of feel like that's not only when the Thunder are at their best, but you know Chet as well when he's grab, ripping the ball off the rim or, or off a block. <laughs> The thing that I love about it too is every time he grabs a rebound, you don't see Chet or like Trey Mann calling for an outlet pass. When he gets the rebound, everybody just takes off down the court and they know he's going, which I love because they, I mean, that's chemistry. That's they know what he does and it's not a secret. So, like, look, Darius Baisley, we'll see how the season plays out, but there's obviously some concerns that we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Imagine Chet doing that instead where he's ripping the ball off the rim or after, like I said, after a block, um, he's either initiating the offense, like grabbing the ball and, and putting the ball on the floor and pushing the ball in transition, uh, initiating that offense, or he's, you know, like you said, Hayden, he's rocket passing. Yeah. <laughs> it's for lack of a better term, one handed quarterback throws uh, down the court to, to find a J dub running down the, uh, running down the, the floor, which we'll get into as well. But um, that that's something that's really impressive with Chet. And then obviously his shot blocking is just like, we knew that was his strength, but it's, it's something completely different to see it. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts, Hayden, on, on his uh, defensive anticipation. And like you said, even though he at times can get bullied down low because of his size, the way he competes on that end, the fierceness, I think that he has on that end, it's just been really impressive to me. It's, it's shown, for example, one of those fouls, I can't remember what half it was. This is bad. I should have this, um, <laughs> have this pulled up, but uh, he, I thought he, you know, he was getting back down by Terry or Orlando. Who's, yeah. who's a big, strong dude, right? He's trying to back him down. Chet holds his ground. He's able to reestablish his base, lowers his base, has a strong foundation, gets called for the foul after contesting the shot, but it shouldn't have been, uh, it should have yeah. been offense foul. If anything, all of that to say, that's one specific example. But Hayden, your thoughts on on Chet's defensive anticipation uh, in terms of blocks, but also the the way he's able to battle with players who are bigger than him, stronger than him. Yeah, well, I mean his his timing, and I guess you could even say his hand eye coordination is incredible because he he doesn't jump too early, doesn't jump too late. He literally times it perfect, catches the ball at its peak, and blocks the hell out of it. <laughs> and it's so fun to watch. But then to your point. Um, on him getting, I guess, I don't want to say bullied, but a little bit. He makes up for it with his length, obviously, his physical length. But um, like you said, people always talk about how tough he is. And I think it's it's easy to say, oh, he's so tough, he's competitive, he's not going to take getting bullied like that. But you take one of those shoulders to the chest from an 6'8 NBA player, I think all of us would be on our asses. So, <laughs> but yeah. now it's, it's impressive because – He's a buck 97 footer and he's taking shoulders from those big, big dudes down low. And he's um, using his link to contest it. But like you said, I mean, he got called for a foul on that one example, but um, I think he'll be just fine. Even in the NBA. Yeah, no, I agree. Year. And I, I think back to like, uh, for example, <laughs> the biggest block, the biggest highlight area everybody's going to see on ESPN is uh, with about three, about four minutes left in the second quarter. Chet's coming down off a fast break. The the Thunder missed, or sorry, the Magic missed their initial uh, fast break layup. Uh, I can't remember who this was. See if I can zoom in. I don't know. I think it was number 64, whoever the heck that that was. Anyways, he tries to like throw up some soft ass layup. And then here comes Chet just full on, like literally. Oh my God. Volleyball spike. Bring He knows what's going on. Brings his hand back all the way and just pins that thing against I don't, the back. I don't want to compare that. Forward. I don't want to compare that to LeBron James NBA Finals chase down block and Iguodala, but but the that reason why similar. it made me think of it is because on that block, the LeBron block, I remember watching it on TV and you're like, oh, Iguodala's got to lay up out of nowhere, just pins it to the backboard. Same thing. You're like, oh, we're like Chet wasn't even in the picture, 
and then all of a sudden he's just pinning it to the top yeah, of the exactly. Backboard. He comes out of nowhere, and that's what's so intriguing and exciting about Chet. Uh, now, Hayden, we're talking a lot about his defensive ability, which obviously has shown a lot um, in, in these summer league games. That's going to be a foundation of his. But look, the offensive, uh, the self-creation, I think is something that has shown so much more than it did in Gonzaga. And look, we could have a full, we're already 19 minutes yeah. in. I know we could have a full-on uh, one-hour podcast about Chet Holmgren, so we'll get through this quickly. But two, only two or four from three. Uh, I'd like to see him take more three-point shots, but I, I understand he didn't have the opportunity to. But the self-creation off the dribble for his size, as well as the smooth pick and like uh, being able to, to shoot off the uh, off the catch, uh, specifically in the pip, pip, <laughs> the pick and pop when you have a player like Shea alongside Giddy, uh, even J Dub, right? Some of these other uh, Trey Man, some of these other creators, I think is really exciting. Uh, before we move on, just curious about your thoughts on. Chet's offensive game as a whole, but specifically maybe his self-creation and being able to uh, catch off off the the pass. It's impressive for sure. And so many people said in the pre-draft process that he can do it and he will do it in the NBA, but it's kind of like a question mark because we didn't see him do it at Gonzaga, like you mentioned. Um, and I guess I just kind of expected it, I guess, uh, just from everybody saying he can do it. But it's impressive for sure. And you mentioned he's not taking a ton of threes, but I kind of wish he would take more because anytime he catches mm-hmm. it at the top of the key, he can shoot it whenever he wants. And it won't be a bad shot. He's 7-1. He can shoot over the top of everybody. So sometimes I, he did it once in this game, I think in the second half, and he missed it. But I'd like to see more of that where he just catches it at the top of the key, creates a little bit of space, and pulls it. I agree with that. And Hayden, like I think back to that first game where he had fresh legs, I think that's key. I think that's why we saw more yeah. offensive creation from him then. Since then, he's looked a little more gassed, um, and understand, understandably so when you're, you know, what, seven foot a million. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I understand he doesn't weigh that much for his height, but like carrying all that when you're running down the court, he doesn't quite look like he has his legs under him. I think that's where training camp is going to be key for him. Um, and, and we'll see some more of that, that create self-creation, uh, off-the-dribble creation, uh, and some off-ball movement that we saw in that first game from him. All that to say, I think we're both very excited about Chet Holmgren, but somebody else we're super excited about that we probably could go just as long about, Hayden, is Jalen Williams out of St. Clara, a.k.a. J-Dub. Tonight didn't score a lot but still showed a ton of flashes. Five points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block, um, more dunks, more really solid defense. Give me your thoughts on J-Dub tonight and your overall thoughts on him uh, as a player and, and how he's looked in summer league. I've been very impressed, obviously, but I mean, I've been shocked with Jalen Williams. I thought he'd be more raw than a lot of people said he was coming into summer league. And he looks like one of the most experienced players out there. And that play today, I think, sums him up perfect. We're on one end, he gets the block, grabs the ball, goes full court, does a no-look pass to, I think, maybe JRE. And I was just sitting there like, this kid is a player. Like, he's going to be good for a long time, too. I think that was a 425 left in the third. There you go. J-Dub breaks up that... uh, I don't even know if it was a double team. Regardless, regardless, he anticipates the pass. is able to break up the passing lane with that ridiculously long wingspan and, and yeah, yeah. big hands. And then, like you said, yeah, he's able to uh, initiate the the offense and transition. Gets it to who'd you say? I can't. Remember I thought it was JRE, but I, I think I you're right. JRE or J, J Will. Yeah, one of them. They throw it back. He's still running the four. Throw it back up to him for a uh, alley oop. Yeah. Spot on. Sorry. Oh no! See, I wasn't talking about that play, but no, that's oh. that same one. Yeah, I mean, same same type of play. No, sorry. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Um, but so, uh, talk to me a little bit. I I think the thing that stands out to me about J Dub, I think it was John Ham who said this on a recent Dream Team podcast, potentially, but talked about his almost uh, or sorry, I think it was Mikey Barra. His uh, look, he he's a very different player than this. Maybe not very different, but that Andre Robertson off-ball, high basketball IQ awareness in terms of cuts, ball screens, etc. What we've seen so much of in summer league so far from J-Dub is his ability to be able to cut off ball. And when you have you know playmakers like Shea, like Giddy, like we've seen it, and even Chet, uh, 
Jay Will, trying to think of all the JRE, all the different playmakers yeah. that you have on this, even Jang, like all the different playmakers you have on this team uh, that can find a, a player cutting like that, primarily Giddy and Shea, right? Like, I just think that's huge. And combined with his ability to be able to explode up to the rim and uh, be, being able to dunk and finish lobs like that was not something we saw a lot of in uh, his time with Santa Clara. I didn't realize he was that. He's not quick to quick twitch by any means, but he is ex- an explosive athlete. Yeah. And um, I, Derek Murray was on the podcast earlier with the guys uh, at the live studio in Vegas. And that's something he mentioned, right? Like we didn't see a lot of that. So Hayden talk to me about that basketball IQ that you're seeing on the offensive end, being able to play off ball, even though he was a lead ball handler, essentially growing up. And then even with Santa Clara. Yeah. Well, the Andre comparison is actually pretty good. I think not just because he's a thunder player, but the way that baseline cut, especially with Giddy, because Giddy is always looking in the corners and finding those baseline cuts. JRE is also really good at it. But um, that's something, I mean, that's just feel. You can be taught, you know, where to cut and how to cut. But for him coming in and being a rookie, especially since he played on ball at Santa Clara a lot, like that's not something – I'm sure that's not something that they were telling him to do too much at Santa Clara. So I think that's just that shows his feel for the game and his high basketball IQ and how smart he is. And then on defense, he uses his length so well, like Andre Robertson, but without fouling. Like he's not he, he gets up in people, but it's not like he's like Lou Dort where he gets up under everybody. He uses his long arms and his length to play good defense. And I've been extremely impressed on both ends of the floor. Yeah, no, I I think you're spot on there, and he's kind of become an uh, NBA Twitter, or at least an NBA draft Twitter darling, right? You yeah. see a lot of I've been the, telling the draft I've been, prospects. I tweeted it tonight, but I, I've been telling all my friends you're in sports betting. If you want to become a millionaire, bet on <laughs> Jalen Williams, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, I love it. Or even just an all rookie team you make some I mean, solid yeah, money. Definitely that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree completely. And it, it's been a ton of fun to see J-Dub perform well. Um, I had some other thoughts there that I'm not entirely remembering. So we're just going to go ahead and move on. But obviously, I'm a huge J-Dub fan and, and have been for a while. Um, and, and I'm excited too because like a lot of things I think myself and the other co-hosts of the podcast we talked about uh, during the draft live stream and then the, the draft uh, post podcast that we did we I, I feel like we were pretty spot on with a lot of things we mentioned with j-dub and yeah. and the areas that we were a little concerned about he's i don't want to say address those but has like shown that that's not really a concern for example the on-ball defense especially against like a player like jabari smith jr uh, being able to use his length to get those into those passing lanes and stay in front of quicker defenders where he may not be quite as quick as well as being a little more explosive than we anticipated uh, we'll see with a spot up shooting, I think that'll show up more um, come regular season when he's playing alongside guys like Shea and Lou. All that to say, a uh, super side about J Dub. So, moving on, we'll get through these last ones a little more quickly. Look, we know Giddy's an incredible player, but what he's shown in summer league, just the dominance that he's shown uh, both on and off the court, like the leadership role that he's taken, really, really exciting stuff. Hayden, twelve points, seven rebounds, eight assists tonight. <laughs> the crazy thing is, like this was one of his were shooting games or scoring games, I should say, uh, in summer league, shooting only three of 11 from the, the floor. Uh, JJ Reddick was commentating tonight for the, for the game, and I thought he had a great quote. He said, I'll be honest with you. And look, we know JJ's a competitor. He was a, also a shooter, right? So mm-hmm. he's played with some great point guards like CP3, OKC Thunder Legend CP3. <laughs> and he said, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to be Josh Giddy's teammate. You'll get open shots. Um, Josh also got fired up there towards the end with those refs. Yeah. Love to see that. I understand it's just a summer league game, but to see Josh get so fired up like that, I mean, I, I love all of that. Um, so just your overall thoughts on, on Josh's game tonight. Then once again, Hayden, your, your overall thoughts on Josh continue to play through these summer league games. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it tonight, but what I was going to say too is his he's fired up. He, he wants to win, and that jump ball, like, that's what you're talking about. When they called the jump ball, it should have been a foul. But, he, you know, he got up to the ref and is complaining. But even the game, uh, game one in Vegas, where it was late in the game, and he actually turned the ball over. But he he dove after it and got it. He about took a knee to the jaw. 
But that was one thing that stuck out to me, too. Like, he could have easily just let that ball go in summer league. But he got after it. He wants to win. But he's yeah. bulked up, too. And his, in one of his interviews, I was looking at him. And even in his neck, you can tell he's he's gained some weight. And I think he's using that when he goes to the rim. Um, a little bit better body control, it looks like. And uh, I think he, he might be finishing a little better, too. Obviously, tonight he didn't. But in the – um, I think it's three or four games in summer league. I I've been impressed. I think most of it is body control, but um, yeah, he's definitely looking a lot better Ooh. around the rim. See, I I agree with you everywhere except where you said most of it's body control. I think most of it is that new increased strength he's developed yeah. um, off the court when he's lifting weights, combined with his already very strong build that he already had moving. Like he had a very strong foundation um, coming into the league, and then an yeah. off season of putting on some weight some muscle and strength we're seeing that immediately and in my opinion i think that's why we're seeing him miss around the rim like we did tonight um not quite uh, for example like even the sh- jabari smith jr deserves a lot of credit for the the final play where he played defense on giddy uh, two nights ago and and caused uh the the game tying shot not to go in but giddy still could have made that um because he has like you said hey he has the, the strength and the length to be able to shoot over that and, and make those kind of shots we're seeing him get to the spots that he wants, right? We're seeing him do it in a way, like you said, much more dominant than we saw last season. But he's not finishing quite as well because he's still trying to adjust to that, and that's perfect. That's what we want because we know Josh is going to be able to do that. has a great floater. Um, he's starting to use the backboard a little more. Something I've noticed, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Hayden, the left hand. He's going to that left hand a lot more. That's what, and I mean, when I was saying he's finishing better a lot, even though he's not making most of them, I guess it looks more soft. If that makes sense, it makes it looks more soft on the, off the backboard. He's not just kind of flipping them up there, and then the left hand is also something that's been impressive. He's not scared to use it either. There was one tonight, wide open floater. He could have easily used his right hand, but he's on the left side and he missed it. But it looked pretty, and it was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't far off. So that's definitely something he's been working on, you can tell. No, I, I agree completely. And um, I think the only other thing is with that increased strength, like I'm not worried about the finishing or the floater. Excuse me, it's going to uh, continue to it's, – it's going to fall throughout the regular season. But the three-point shot, even the form, doesn't look much of any different than it did last season. Uh, and I get it. There's been a lot of – Thunder podcast, even our own podcast, who have touched on this already throughout summer league. Like, I understand that you can't improve on every single aspect of your game at the you know the same amount every off season. But I was hoping to see a little more improvement on that end, and it, it just doesn't look much different. And Hayden, a lot of that might just be due to him focusing more on gaining size and strength this off season. Maybe the shot comes along next off season, etc., etc. Et but just really quickly before we move on. Your thoughts on uh Giddy's Giddy shot as a sharp shooter yourself. Wasso leading points whatever it is. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, I don't think it really looks any different. I was hoping to see, like, see maybe he'd get it off a little quicker than he did last year. But I don't I don't think he's really switched anything up on it, which is fine. He hasn't regressed, which is good. But like you said, I think Strength is probably the main thing that they wanted to focus on, wanted him to focus on in the offseason. And it looks like he did, but on the shot, no concerns there, but definitely nothing better. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Um, doesn't look much different, but he has his strength to at least get it there now. Yeah. <laughs> I just still think he needs every time he hits a three, it's because he has a little more bend in his hips and his knees. Yeah. Uh, he's getting more legs into that shot, which I think is key for somebody his size. Anyways, all that to say, we could go forever on the three players we mentioned. So we're going to rapid fire through these last three. I have a quick game that we'll rapid fire through, and then I'll, I'll just kind of ask you some overall thoughts about Summer League, Hayden. So last three players here, Aaron Wiggins. Uh, let's see, I'll rattle off his stat line tonight. It wasn't, oh, it was more impressive than I thought. 12 points. Two rebounds, three assists, one still. Um, he was 55.6% from the floor, five of nine from the floor, only one of four from three, regardless. Wiggins had showed some really impressive stuff. We talked about this in our um, summer league preview that we did. 
And one thing I said, Hayden, for Wiggins was like that, that I was hoping to see from him for Summer League was just something like nothing specific. I just wanted to see him separate himself from the rest of the guy with all this competition coming in at the same position. I think he's done that. So I'm curious your thoughts on Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say he's done he's done what he was supposed to do in Summer League, and that's, like you said, separate himself. He looks like one of the most experienced players out there because he is. And I think last summer, last Summer League, I mean, he did great, but I think people kind of wrote him off because he's a late second-round pick. Like, oh, he's doing really good. He looks good, but he probably won't be that good because he's 55th pick. And then he got the contract and season looked really good, and then – um, I think even now people might be overlooking him a little. I don't want to say writing him off, but overlooking him because of all the the new toys that we have right now. But he's looked really good. Yeah, no, I agree completely on both ends of the floor as well. And I think the thing that stood out the most to me uh, about Wiggins is his ability to create offensively and that he's been able to show that uh, in summer league, even playing alongside guys like Trey Mann, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, JRE, uh, J-Dub, etc., He's still able to do that. Yeah. Like that's going to keep him that's that's going to continue his playing time with the Thunder this regular season and, and going to help him kind of rise above, rise to the top yeah. uh, among some of this other competition. And so when we're talking about roster cuts at this time next year, if Wiggins is playing like this, it's going to be very, very hard to cut him. And speaking of shot, his shot looks better, I think. Yeah, it looks that's like he's a good getting point. it off quicker, more flick of the wrist. It, it looks really good. He's knocking down spot up threes yeah. next season. Yeah, I I cannot agree more. All right, uh, JRE again. Like JRE is that player that you can just like spend only five minutes on a podcast about because you know exactly what you're getting from him, and it is such. It that's not a knock on him. It's the like utmost compliment. It's rock like, solid. He looks so spree. Uh, he looks so. Uh, he looks more. Um, more cut he looks more mobile i think he's doing a great job on both ends of the floor tonight he also had 12 points uh let's see seven rebounds one assist one still one block or sorry one still uh, two blocks just a little bit of everything from jre and love the way he fit with some of these core guys like shay giddy etc that was the thing that stood out the most to me about him tonight aiden uh, your thoughts on on jre you stole the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, you can put JRE on the floor with anybody and he's going to fit in. And I think that's credit to his basketball IQ. But he, he I mean, he doesn't remind me of Nick Carlson's game, but he remind, he's a Nick Carlson type of player, right? You put him in there, Blue you know that. what he's going to do. He's not going to do anything bad, but he'll only do good. Exactly. I think that's spot on. And then finally, Hayden, before we move on, we've got, we've got to talk about trade man's struggles, right? And I think it's a little like hypocritical to say, Chet looks so good in summer league, but it's only summer league. Uh, but he looks so great. And then yeah. on the opposite end, say Trey man doesn't look so great, but it's only summer league. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm not saying I'm concerned about Trey man at all. Long-term I'm just acknowledging that summer league is a completely different situation for certain kinds of players. And for Trey man, I don't think it's a very good fit. Uh, we are not fit. A, a very good, um, it's not where his strengths are going to show the most, right? And we saw that last year in summer league for him, especially where he has a little more creation ball at ball handling duties. Uh, he he struggled. So I'm curious your thoughts on Trey Man's struggles tonight. He was only let's see uh, nine points. He had four rebounds and three assists, which is great for him. But yeah. he chunked that thing in oh three of fourteen from the floor. And I actually have a stat overall. This is from uh, Nick on a, actually tweeted this from our, our podcast account. Trey man is four twenty seven from the four in Las Vegas. That. He's only made four shots in two games. So your overall thoughts on, on Trey man. He'll be fine. I think the problem is with Gideon Chet being there and the, the summer league crowd, I think everybody wants them to, you know, show out and you, you can tell, especially Giddy, not so much Chet, but he, he's trying to put on a show. He's trying to do some fancy moves and prove to everybody that he's too good to be in summer league. And I think Trey wants to do that too. But like you said, the fit and just the way summer league is, I don't think it fits his game too well. And then today you, you saw he got a little frustrated, started jacking up yep. some shots, wasn't making anything, and then it went downhill. But all it takes for him is two shots to go in, and then everybody's going to be talking about how good he is. <laughs> exactly. A couple of those those uh, step-back threes to go. And that's the thing. I was talking to uh, – I mentioned him before in the podcast, uh, but Donnie Hazelwood, 
we're in a, a thunder group, uh, group message or whatever. And, you know, he brought up the point that does Trey not like, is he not excited about playing summer league? Does he do, does he feel too good about it? I think it's the opposite. I think he's like, he didn't have a good summer league last year. He wants to perform well this season and he's not getting that shot to fall. He's getting more and more frustrated with, with each missed shot or contested uh, shot around the rim. He was trying to force too much. I think that's all that is. I'm with you, Hayden, especially when he's back in a system. Uh, when you have players like Shea and Lou, et cetera, around you, I think he'll be just fine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So anyways, that was kind of our our overall thoughts from tonight's game. Hayden, uh, like I said, there's been a lot of summer league games so far, especially with the Thunder playing in two summer league summer league games. And I know we're going a little long here, so I won't give my thoughts on these, but I want your thoughts. We we play a segment here for all of our, all of our long term listeners. Know, take it or leave it. It's become a staple. So Hayden, I want to uh, go through some take it or leave it with you from some like just kind of some things we've seen from summer league and how we think that those things are going to translate in that regular season. So if you're ready, let's go ahead and do it. Let's get it. My first one here is that Josh Giddy plays next game of Summer League on Wednesday night against the Kings. And for uh, reference here, he played uh, 26 minutes, 12 seconds tonight. Take it or leave it. Josh plays on Wednesday. Leave it. He's not going to play. Too many minutes. Not going to risk it. I think that's why we saw a lot of him tonight. I agree. Very similar. Take it or leave it. Chet plays next game of Summer League against the Kings. Leave it also. I don't think they'll play one of them and not the other. Okay. Fair. Interesting. See, I kind of disagree on that one. I think we will see Chet. I would be excited to see him uh, kind of be the focal point there. But yeah, no, that's fair. Trey Mann is one of the last two summer. Er, sorry. In one of the last two summer league games, Trey Mann scores 20 plus points. Finally gets it going. Take it because Chet and Giddy aren't going to be out there and he's going to score 20 points. There we go. I like it. Hopefully 10 shots, but probably 30. (laughs) Shoot till my arm falls off. Uh, Wiggins is a key rotation piece for the team this season, getting 12 plus minutes a game. Take it or leave it. it. That kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I say take it. Basically, he's getting minutes over some of the the rookies. Uh, They're going to be competing for those minutes. I think him and Jalen Williams will be interesting to see how those minutes split up, but I think we'll see 
him over Zhang more. I think Zhang will spend some time in the G League. And I think uh, I think 12 minutes, I'll take it. Take the over. That's spot on. I know I said I wasn't going to add additional intel, or not intel, additional insight here, or analysis here, but I think you're spot on. Um, and, and the fun thing about players like, with this, you know, we've talked a lot about that, with this uh, this team that Presley's assembling, you can play players like J-Dub and Aaron Wiggins. To your point, Hayden, you can play them together. Yeah. So I think I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Speaking of Jang, great transition. Well done, Hayden. Jang plays more blue minutes than Thunder minutes Ooh. next season. Ooh. It's tough. Because um, Thunder could tank towards the end of the season. That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It, like depends, if, it depends if we're winning or not, which organic I don't think we're going to win a ton of games. But I'll say take it. I'll take it. That's for my for my point with Wiggins, I think Wiggins will play more than him on the Thunder. And second half of the season, I think he could play more when we aren't if we aren't in the hunt. But I think even if we're like nine the nine seed, I don't see uh Presti and Mark trying too hard to get into that playing spot. So I'm still gonna say take it, but I won't be surprised if yeah. I'm wrong. That's why I threw it in there. Same exact yeah. thoughts. And then finally oh sorry, two more. Jada plays more minutes as a small ball four. Ooh. Like we saw uh the last, the the first Vegas Summer League game than as a guard this season. And the reason I think this is one is a little tough as well is because um again, like I said, growing up as well as his time with Santa Clara, he was essentially the lead ball handler. So basically J Dub is going to play more four, small ball four. Where he's going to be a point guard. And the reason I left off like a wing type player is because that's probably where he's going to get the majority of his minutes yeah. and lineups. I'll say leave it, but again, wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. I say that because I think Baisley and probably even Wiggins, if they are in there at the same time, I think they'll get that four, uh, the four spot over him. But I could be wrong because you could easily do a lineup of Shea, Lou, Giddy. J Dub Chet, yeah, favors. So very true. And you could do probably three other lineups like that too. So yeah, I don't know. That's the fun part, yeah. Right, like Jang Poku, yeah. you can just interchange these players, and I say again, we can see exactly what 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 uh, Pressy is building there, and it's exciting. Last yeah. one, Jerry starts alongside Chet. Ooh. Take it or leave it. Basically, Jerry or Basley. So we're getting at, but. Take it or leave it. Jerry starts alongside Jed. Opening night, leave it. End of the season, take it. I like it. I like it. Well done. Okay. So that was fun. I know we've gone a little long here. So I have some questions for you, Hayden. And um, I can kind of like allude to my answers, but I'll probably save these for when the guys get back and we do a, another post-game podcast this coming Sunday. But I want your thoughts since you're on here. Just some basically overall Summer League themes. Got four of them. The first one, biggest Thunder Summer League surprise for you, Hayden. Jalen Williams is the easy answer. Aaron Wiggins is the sleeper answer. Oh, well done. I like that. I've touched like on both of those already, so I won't yeah. I won't say it again. But but I like that. That's a uh, that's a fantastic answer. I think J dub might have been mine, but like Yeah, I gotta start saying J dub. I might get more specific. <laughs> I know. I've had to just to get them straight, but yeah. uh, I probably get more specific into like, you know, the explosiveness. The playmaking, etc. Hayden, biggest summer league disappointment for you? Once again, Trey Mann's the easy answer, but I'm going to Zhang. I was expecting more Ooh. from him playmaking wise. I wasn't expecting him to make shots, but I haven't been impressed with his IQ and his playmaking. On ball playmaking is not bad, but getting others involved in his off ball, I have not been impressed. So. That's if he's going to to succeed in the league, he's going to have to be able to learn how to play off ball. He's yeah. so young; he has so much opportunity ahead of him. This is, but it just reinforces what we already knew. Right. I think you're spot on there. But I thought you were going to say sleeper answer is Poku, and that's who I would have gone. Yeah, with. I, won't, I, I, I won't go into, into depth there, but that uh, yeah. Poku. I, I guess I wasn't worried about Poku. Too much from Poku. I mean, like Aaron Wiggins, right, rising to the top uh, with this competition coming in. Poku's kind of singing to the bottom, even though it's just summer league. And summer league isn't a great environment for a player like Poku. We talked a little bit about that with, I can't remember who we were talking about that earlier, but um, all that's to say, keeping an eye on Poku. And I'm a little concerned about our guy. 
Alexei Pokashevsky. Okay, so last two, uh, most interesting Thunder Summer League observation for you. Not necessarily like the most surprising, like you said earlier, but something that you were just like, hmm, I wasn't expecting that, and this is good, or, oh man, this is bad. I I would say that they're not using Trey Mann as much. I thought that he'd be running point guard about 50-50 with Giddy, and he's he has a little bit, but definitely not 50-50 split. And I hope we see that, if especially if Giddy plays again, I hope that they let uh, Trey initiate the offense some more because obviously that's when he's at his best and when he has the ball in his hands. So I, I'm surprised that they're not making that a point as much as they are. Um, and that's probably my biggest, I guess, observation from Summer League. Biggest surprises? Okay, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting it as much just because I knew, again, well, for example, if Giddy's playing this much, like, that goes out the window. But also some of these other players, like, I I think I expected J-Dub to be on ball a little more because I didn't think Giddy would be playing this much. So I wasn't so surprised that, that Trey Mann was playing uh, – you know, wasn't playing on ball quite as much as, as like, for example, the Terrence Ferguson experiment that we saw three, four summer leagues ago, uh, which I think you're kind of inferring there where, where he's handling the, basically being the main point he guard. Point guard yeah. He just players like Trey man doesn't really have this opportunity. So, okay. all right. Hayden, that's all I got. Right. Really appreciate you tuning in. Great, great stuff. Again, appreciate all of our guys out uh, in Vegas, Jacob, JD, Nick, who who tuned in uh, or who, who were doing live pods and going to all the games posting all the content they did a great job uh, we'll have you guys covered again for let's see Wednesday's game we'll have a post game where we're all back in OKC we'll have you guys covering on Friday for that post game we'll have you covered for all the off season we appreciate you all tuning in and as always Thunder Up Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.